0: cheeseheads Cheeseheads. get on your feet it's curd and long hosted by sparky fighter and ryan horvath Hey, it's C Sparky for 1250 a.m. The fan. Time for another edition of Kurt and Long. Don't forget, you download this on your Odyssey app, wherever you download your favorite podcast at. As always, always implore you to tell your friends, tell your family, tell complete strangers that you run into at the gas station that Kurt and Long is out there talking Packer football. I'll talk some Badger football once in a while. We'll maybe cover some Brewers or Bucks on here, but mostly it's Packer football. Kurt and Long with myself. Ryan Horvat of Bet MGM tonight. Check him out weeknights. Uh, watching the games, and then you can check out him, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashu as they tell you what wagers make sense uh, throughout that game and upcoming wagers for the weekend or later in the week or whatever case may be. Entertaining as always, uh, Ryan Horvat on Twitter, at Ryan Horvat. Uh, Ryan, how you doing, buddy? I missed you earlier in the week.
1: Yeah, doing good. Back from vacation, getting excited for the weekend because I'm going to go see the Dave Matthews Band for the first time in a long time with my wife uh, in Maryland and my son. He's uh, on a little trip back home in the Midwest for the next couple weeks. So we got some alone time. Looking forward to that. Really what I'm looking forward to is the college football season. This is when I start to really get into my prep. And I'll focus on one team for about an hour and a half to four hours a day. And I was like my team now is, uh, well, Florida Atlantic. I love. I tweeted out why Tom Herman takes over, but. I'm really excited about the Badgers. I'm a Notre Dame fan. I'm obviously excited about them, but they got a tough schedule, man, even with Sam Hartman coming in. I'm more excited for the Badgers, to be quite honest. And the win totals, when they came out, I just thought 8.5 was way too low. So I've been doing a lot of college football work, but the last three days have been spent. I watched the spring game, and I watched every game from last season. And I'm really excited for no more Graham Mertz, to be honest with you.
0: I think most people are excited. And I was the president of the Graham Mertz fan club. I, hey. told Gary, I told Gary Ellerson when they got him, I said, they'll be in the playoffs in three years. They'll be in a play- in the playoff in three years. And that obviously was wildly wrong and inaccurate. And, uh, and as Gary would like to say, it's same old Badgers. Uh, no longer, though. I, I think this regime is much different, which leads to this question. Are you more excited for the Badgers, led by Luke Fickle, Uh, and uh, all these new transfer portal guys that they got in and new recruiting class? Or are you more excited about Jordan Love and this Packers season coming up? I am geeked about both of them. Like, I cannot wait for football. Normally, I'm more excited about NFL than I am college. If you're telling me am I more excited about Packers or Badgers each season, I'm usually more jacked up for the Packers than the Badgers. This year, I mean... I think there's drama and intrigue and storylines all over the place with both of these teams kind of uh, going throughout this season. And we're going to have a ton to talk about uh, with both teams on Curt and Long going forward. Uh, Ryan Horvat, I will ask you, what are you more excited
1: about? Badgers or Packers? Well, I'm excited for the Packers just to see like the future of this team. Can Jordan yeah. Love play? But I'm not as excited as I usually am. Like usually I'm way more excited I love college football more than anybody, but I'm usually way more excited for the Packers because with Aaron Rodgers, I know he only won one Super Bowl, but every year, you know, you thought that they at least had a shot. Every year, you were at least going to get in the dance, then you would see what would happen, but you thought you were a legit contender, at least with Aaron Rodgers. This year, their win total is seven, seven and a half games. So it's hard to get excited for a team that's not a true contender, in my opinion. Some people will call me a hater. I'm more excited for the Badgers, man, because I look at their ceiling and I know it's year one for Luke Fickle. I'm a big Luke Fickle fan. Last year, even, they had a ton of talent on this team. They just underperformed. You know, you bring back a running back like Bray- Braylon Allen, I think they probably have the best running back room. Blake, Blake Corham's great at Michigan, but I think they have one of the best running back rooms in the country. Because Lucy is good, too. That's what I mean, man. Like, yeah. you're going to have to get him eight to ten touches at least per game. You upgraded the quarterback position, obviously. I think Tanner Mordecai really liked him, you know. Last season, the Badgers were outside the top 100 in passing offense. Mordecai himself completed 65% of his passes and 333 touchdowns. And then you look at the schedule. That's what makes me really excited, even though it's year one for Luke Fickle. Like their toughest road games this season are all, you know, it's Washington State, it's Illinois, and it's Minnesota. They're going to be favored in all three of those games. You get Ohio State at home. You know, that's probably a loss, obviously, but that's the week after they play Penn State. So that's a tough, you know, that could be a letdown spot for them. And plus, it's kind of a rebuild year for them. I mean, C.J. Stroud's gone. You got eight starters coming back on defense. You know what Luke Fickle does with his defensive starters. And then their biggest game in the West Division is against Iowa, and they get that game at home as well at Camp Randall. So that's a huge advantage, and they're going to have the coaching advantage in that game because I thought Kirk should have retired five years ago. Agreed. I'd have them at 11-1. and I think their floor is (laughs) – I think floor – what? Yeah, I think I think their floor is 10 wins. I think Ohio State's a loss. Who else beats them?
0: I don't know, but I wasn't expecting that number. When you said over eight and a half, I thought you were going to tell me like nine. I didn't think you were going to go 11 and one. Dude, that's a hell of a first season for a rookie head coach. And half the roster has changed over. Well, pretty much all of the skill players on offense are different as far as wide receivers and all that. But. I, yeah, sure. Okay, great. Mom, you're more excited. If Ryan Horvath says 11 and one and a floor is 10, holy crap. Like that would be a huge success for this team. And I'll tell you something else. You start talking about spring uh, and who played who brain Locke played better than Mordecai. He was, he was a better quarterback than Mordecai was. Now Mordecai's going to get the start, but yeah. you're going to have Locke more than likely for three years after that going forward. I don't know where the rest of these dudes are going to play, but if Locke continues to play well, it's going to be tough for these other quarterbacks uh, to get a shot, but they've never, ever, you could tell me Barry Alvarez, you could tell me uh, Bielema, Chris, name it. Gary Anderson, they've never had these many talented quarterbacks ever in the same quarterback room. They've got legit starters, that are going to battle out and could start somewhere else. So don't be freaking out Badger fans when some of these quarterbacks start transferring out because they don't see a path to get on the field. But I could go to Kansas and maybe start, or I could go to Missouri and maybe start, but I can't start at Wisconsin.
1: Yeah. I mean, luckily for Wisconsin, though, I mean, Washington state, you know, that might be a tougher game week two, but you open up the season with Buffalo and, Buffalo only brings back, I believe five starters on defense and that's a defense that already gave up 396 yards per game. So you'll be able to work out whatever kinks week one, figure out, I think it's Mordecai, you know, it's a new offense, but yeah, man, I'm excited. I think that's their floor though. I think 10 wins is the floor. A lot of that has to do with the schedule. The only loss I see on that schedule is Ohio state. I mean, Minnesota will be tough and that's a road game. Illinois was pretty damn good last year road game, but they're going to be favored in those games. And they're going to have the coaching advantage, and I think they're going to be fun. I can't wait to see what this offense looks like, but I'm really excited.
0: I'm with you. I'll go over with the Badgers. I'll go over with the Packers, too. I, I still think, and I've said before, the floor is seven, I think. I think the ceiling is nine. I think it's a tight seven and seven and nine win season. Now, a lot of this is dependent, as we've talked about before, on how quickly love the wide receivers and tight ends can get on the same page. Now, he's yeah. going to throw picks, right? He's going to take chances Rodgers won't take. That's going to happen. He's going to be more like Brett in that aspect of he's going to take his arm and he's going to try and get it between guys or he's going to give guys more of an opportunity to get jump balls and stuff when Aaron probably would have thrown it away. So the hell with it. I'm not making that throw, but he's also going to take the check downs more than probably Aaron has done in the past and give these running backs a little bit more of an opportunity uh, instead of just throwing it away. uh, And the running Jordan love. That's what I'm interested to see. Like how much are they going to ask him to run designed runs for the quarterback Are they going to say, nope, you're just in the pocket. You're not going to run. And how much will he take off and run on his own? Because at times we've seen him, he really hasn't run. He's kind of been a statue back there and really hasn't shown the ability to get out and use his legs uh, and challenge a defense. If he can challenge a defense with his legs on top of everything else, then they become even more dangerous. And that's an aspect nobody is talking about, the ability for him to run, which we don't know. You know, you watch him at Utah State more than I do. Uh, But anything he can provide with his legs I think helps what can as far as taking pressure off of him when he drops back.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. That's what I'm interested to see as well, you know, because, I mean, he's athletic. He's not Jalen Hurts. He's not like Vince Young, but he can move. You know, I mean, Aaron Rodgers can move. He could definitely give you, I think, a little bit more than Rodgers could, although Rodgers was pretty quick those first couple years, obviously. Uh, I just want – yeah, I want to see how much they put on his plate to start the season as well just because, I mean – In the Lafleur offense, we thought it was going to be a running offense, you know. So I just want him to kind of ease into the season. I mean, I want to see enough from him, right? But I want to see a lot of Aaron Jones this year. I want to see a lot of AJ Dillon because you're going to have to figure out what to do with AJ Dillon, Dillon. And with Aaron Jones, you know, you 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 brought him back for a reason. You're still paying him. I know that he took a pay cut, but like we can't go into. It was okay to go, and it wasn't okay actually. But all we heard last year. You know, why did Aaron Jones only had four touches going into the second half? You know, why did Aaron Jones finish with only eight carries in this loss? And Matt LaFleur would say, oh, that's on me. I got to be better this year with a young quarterback. He needs to be touching the ball 20 times at least per game. You know, like this needs to be a running offense. Open up play action for Jordan Love. You know, especially the first couple weeks of the season, because those are winnable games. Chicago defensively isn't going to be much better. Atlanta's going to be a mess defensively. We still don't even know. I know everybody's hyping up Detroit, but they don't have a great defense. So, yeah, I just want to kind of ease him into the year. And then later on in the season, I want to figure out if he could play or not. Because if he can't, and it's a disastrous season, which I don't think it will be, then you got Drake May and Caleb Williams coming out in the draft. And I think you would have to take one of those guys. But I don't think they're bad enough, you know, two, three wins. I think their floor. The Packers floor, I think, is seven wins, six wins, seven wins. I think their ceiling is maybe they win 10 games and they win the NFC North because we're overhyping the Lions. You know, the Bears, none of these reports coming out of Chicago. I haven't been on the last couple of weeks. Man, I, I'm a Justin Fields uh, truther. The reports are he doesn't look very good in camp. And then, you know, they're not happy with Chase Claypool on and off the field, whatever that means. Claypool apparently, uh, I don't know, know if he know wasn't if he, in he
0: shape wasn't. or what his deal was, but they, they, you're right. I read the same thing on Claypool. They're pissed.
1: Yeah, I, and same thing like Justin Fields. I, it was Adam Hogue. I, uh, he had the report that like, you know, they weren't all that happy with Justin Fields and his mechanics weren't all that much better. So we'll see. Uh, and then the Vikings, I think, are just going to be terrible. I They're going to end up moving on from Kirk Cousins next year. I don't think they're going to be any good. So I think their ceilings, 10-11 wins. The floor is 6-7. Yeah. I don't know what to do with them, man. And that's why I'm having a hard time getting as excited as I usually get.
0: I don't understand for the life of me, why if you're the Vikings, you wouldn't have traded Kirk Cousins this off season for literally a bag of golf balls. Who cares what hey. you got back? Because this is the year to stink and be horrible all year and compete with the Cardinals and the Texans to try and get one or two. Like this is your season to do that. You don't always get a great guy at the top. And Caleb Williams, by all accounts, is going to be a great quarterback. Why in the world would you not have just moved on and just ate it and had three wins this year and then see if you were gonna move on from Delvin Cook anyhow, then you might have just blown it up and move forward. Like I and by the way, speaking the of Delvin, go
1: ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, and here's the thing: like, even if you're not bad enough for the first overall pick, you know, you just want to be in the com you want to be in the running because Drake May might even end up going number one overall, as crazy as that sounds. I mean, he's six foot five, Caleb Williams is six wow. foot one. You never know what could happen, but there are some guys that have Drake May on their board over Caleb Williams. So next year, if you need a quarterback, like this is the year to suck. That's why Tampa Bay has the right idea, man. Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. Yeah.
0: Wait, wait and see about May. Uh, uh, Let's just see. No Longo. Longo's not there this year. So let's just see what he looks like now without Longo calling, uh, making the play calls and putting him in a good position to succeed. So I want to see on that. But either way, there's going to be two good quarterbacks, at least at the time of the draft. Real quick, I'm Delvin Cook. You see this stuff going around about Delvin Cook saying, eh, I'm just going to wait and see what happens to Andrew Hopkins. Fair. I'm telling you, crazy. Patriots, maybe they get both. Maybe they get Cook and Hopkins. And if they get Cook and Hopkins, oh boy, he's just got a little bit tougher. They got a little bit tougher for Aaron Rodgers, the Jets, and Josh Allen and the Bills, and Tua and the Dolphins. That makes New England a, a, a tougher out. For these teams when they play them, they got to deal with Delvin Cook and DeAndre Hopkins.
1: I agree, but like, why would DeAndre Hopkins want to go back? Well, not go back to New England, but why would he want to play for? Because Bill O'Brien, we talked about this. He's he the took a visit. Player. He was the offensive coordinator. Yep. He traded DeAndre Hopkins in his prime for a broken down David Johnson. And then he had a bunch of like weird comments about him. I just don't know why D Hop would want to do that. Like, if I'm D Hop, man. I want to go play with Lamar, although Baltimore's probably not going to offer any money because they gave money to Odell Beckham Jr., who looks pretty good in camp. I mean, granted, it's a social media video, Um, but you know who needs to go all in for Odell Beckham Jr.? And I think as a shot, you're talking about how tough that division is. I think the Bills missed the playoffs. I think the Bills are a little bit of a mess this year, to be honest. I think that they need D-Hop because you got Diggs is all pissed off and he wants to be more involved in the play calling. Doesn't seem like him and Josh Allen are on the best of terms. And Leslie Frazier's gone. Well, we thought Gabe Davis was going to make that big leap. But also, we found out a couple weeks ago, Gabe Davis had a high ankle sprain week two and he just played through it the entire season. Didn't tell anybody. It wasn't on the injury report. So maybe he could bounce back. But the Bills with D-Hop, I know he's only one wide receiver that completely changes my opinion, but I'm a little bit worried about that man. Like Micah Hyde, all those guys are getting a little bit older and those were some devastating injuries. Like Hyde had a neck injury. Von Miller's another year older and without him on the field, they were one of the worst pass rushes in the league. So like, they're really relying on him to come back from a knee injury and look like Von Miller again in his thirties. So I, I, th- th- you, I think I hear a lot of people like predicting that the jets are going to suck going under their win total. You guys are all crazy. I agree with Boomer Esiason, who the other day said that he thinks Aaron Rodgers is going to break the uh, passing touchdown record this year. So do I. And right after we did our last podcast, Adrian Amos signed with the Jets two hours right. later. After yeah. we talked about that, that was the one, I talked about that was the one guy that I wanted to bring back. And they had an injury at the position. They bring him in. So obviously, hey, Aaron Rodgers isn't this terrible leader that everybody made him out to be and this terrible teammate. If everybody, even guys on the defensive side of the ball, want to run and play with him.
0: Yeah, but it's just the guys that play with. I mean, seemingly nobody else does. But the the, the Bills thing, why is Leslie Frazier not there? What what happened? Like, he's gone. He was a defensive coordinator for the last couple of years. That defense was really good. And it ain't nobody talking about that being a problem for Buffalo. That is an issue, folks. And let me say something else. You and I both talked about how long of a leash are you going to give Joe Barry? If I'm Matt LaFleur. That's who I'm calling. Joe, you got to the bye week. If this defense looks like crap, I'm calling Leslie, and he's taking over this defense, and you're out of here, dude. That's how we're rolling. He's He's got a legit defensive coordinator that's a top defensive coordinator in the game of football sitting out there chilling. Like, that's your guy. That's That's who you go get. In week six, during the bye week, if you want to make a change on Joe Barry, there's your guy. Let him come in during the bye week. Put in the changes he needs to make going for the rest of the season and let him work.
1: Why even wait, to be honest? Because well, you want to get think, to this
0: point. He's not going to fire Joe Barry now.
1: I think that, like, there's just, like, this – I don't know what's going on, man, there, to be honest, because I feel – I mean, I wasn't as high on the bills once Brian Dayball left. Like, we saw how damn good Brian Dayball yep. is, right? And then, like, last year, you know, Ken Dorsey, especially on early downs, like, they don't run the ball. And they can run the ball. The second half of the season when they actually started to run the ball with Cook – you know, they were one of the better running offenses, but you can't rely on Josh Allen on third down to do everything. So I don't really like Ken Dorsey. And uh, obviously, there's like some sort of power struggle or something going on. I mean, they could easily win 13, 14 games, man, because Josh Allen's great. Right. But he was, out, he's going to be on the cover of Madden. Curse. There's the Madden curse. Yep. I'm just saying, I won't be shocked. I would bet the Bills to miss the playoffs this year. I think they're going to be the, the odd team out because I think Miami gets in, especially you have Vic Fangio now. On the defensive, helping you out. Do you know Tua is going
0: to make it through the season?
1: Yeah, man. They almost won a playoff game without him. <laughs> uh, they
0: did, though. Yeah, I'm not gambling on Tua staying healthy. That that's that's too risky for me. Real quick, because yeah. you and I haven't talked a lot because you've been uh, out. Yeah. Did you see the piece in the Athletic on your boy, and he is your boy, not mine. Your boy, Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator now with the Chargers. His yeah. relationship with Staley, how the relationship started them texting after a joint practice and kind of keeping in touch throughout the season last year, then more getting let go by the Cowboys more coming in immediately after he didn't get a head coaching job to take over the chargers, them kind of running OTAs and these mandatory mini and Stanley saying it's the best. That's the best the offense has ever looked uh, as far as the passing game has gone since he's come in and instituted different things uh, with Justin Herbert and these guys. So, You may be right. You said watch out for the Chargers in this passing offense with Kellen Moore. You will see. It looks like it.
1: Hey, that's the best part about being a former producer, man, is like, you know, like, I uh, when I make big bets, because I'm not rich, so, like, if I'm going to make a huge bet on a team like I have with the Chargers to win that division and to go over their win total, I like to talk with people, and that's everything that I've been hearing, though. Like, even before we read that, or I read that piece, you know, in The Athletic, it's like all the reports are just – you know, that this is going to be the year for the Chargers at at least to win 11, 12 games, go over nine and a half wins. And I think they could win that division. I I don't think the Chiefs are going anywhere, but you know, I wouldn't be shocked if the Chiefs won 11, 12 games this year. I I just think that offense is going to look really good. Hmm. And it's going to be about Justin Herbert being able to throw the ball down the field because Joe Lombardi, he loves that Dink and Dunk style offense with Drew Brees in, in New Orleans. But That's not what you do with Justin Herbert. The guy's got the biggest arm in the NFL. You got to let him cook. They just their problem is, man, they got to stay healthy. Like they can look great in shoulder pads and shorts, but if Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are hurt by week five, they might be screwed. But that's why I love the Quentin Johnston pickup, and I like them bringing back Austin Eckler. They need Joey Bosa to be healthy, and the guys on the defense. That's what it comes down to, because you know Brandon Staley is supposed to be this defensive genius. But since he's taken over for Anthony Lynn, the defense has regressed every single year. So, like, he needs to live up to his – I'm I, whatever with Kellen Moore. You know, I don't know how good he is. I just know he's going to let Justin Herbert cook. Staley is the one. He's the wild card.
0: That's a great point on Staley. Uh, let's go to topic number two. Yeah. Jordan Love prop bets for the 2023 season. As we all know, Ryan Horvath, expert when it comes to this stuff. Sparky not. Uh so we will uh see what Ryan Horvat has for these prop bets for Jordan Love for the 2023 season. What have you Mr. Horvat?
1: Man, it's crazy because they are so different at each book. All right, so player props and odds came out last week. Jordan Love on BetMGM. Let's start with this passing yards prop. 3399. Yet on FanDuel it was 3325. Seems pretty high, doesn't it?
0: Well, I mean, three thousand yards. What does that come down to? That's
1: and I guess you got the extra game now.
0: What is that? Divide that by. Oh, hold on a second. I, this is great for a podcast. Better than doing it on live radio, I suppose. One way or the other. So, what was the what was the higher number?
1: So the higher number, BetMGM has three thousand three hundred and ninety nine.
0: All right. So, that means he's got to throw for two hundred yards a game.
1: Yeah, I would go over on that.
0: The average that averages out to on 17 games, that averages out to 199.9. Can he oh, yeah, average 200 yards to... throwing a game? Justin that Fields threw to... for 200 yards twice last year. So can Jordan Love do it
1: every game? I'm going to say yes because Jordan Love can make all the throws, right? And if the Packers are projected to win seven and a half games, that means they're going to be trailing in the majority of their games. Meaning, while we want to see this LaFleur running offense. With 20 touches for Dylan and Jones. Probably not going to get that if you're down two scores you know, every Great game. Point. So he's going to be throwing the ball a lot. I would go over on the passing yards uh, for Jordan Love. But where it gets interesting, how about the passing touchdowns? So the market's all the same. Bet MGM, uh, Caesars, they both have it at the same price, uh, minus 110 both ways. 21 and a half touchdown passes for Jordan Love.
0: I was going to say 25. 25 was my number before you said what the number actually was. So I guess I'd go over.
1: Yeah, I think I would too. I think these numbers are a little short. I think I would have to go over on Jordan Love. I wish they gave us interceptions, but those aren't out for whatever reason. I would probably set it at 14 and a half, 15 and a half. I mean, Watson,
0: right. Watson jump balls. You got two super athletic tight ends. that are going to be problems in the red zone for teams. I would think uh, at this point. He'll be throwing the ball out to Jones or Dylan out of the backfield through uh out quite a bit of this. And again, when you think of touchdowns, that doesn't mean he's gonna throw, you know, five wide at the one yard line in the shotgun, like we saw with freaking Aaron Rodgers. Or at least that better not be what happens. He may, yeah. he, you know, Jones and Dylan may still get those touches where they didn't before. But, you know, from the five, seven yard line, those little dinking dunk short touchdown passes, I think he's capable of making those throws throughout the course of the year for sure. So I yeah,
1: I would say over. He's 50 to one to win MVP. So if you believe in Jordan Love and you want to get rich, put it this way, you throw in $1 for Jordan Love to win MVP and you win 50. That's, That's what the funny. market is. But would you rather bet if you were a better, if you were a betting man, would you rather bet? Cause I was talking about this on the show, right? Matt LaFleur won 13 games, three consecutive years and never won coach of the year. Why? Because like you look at coach of the year, And it's somebody like Brian Dayball. It's somebody that, yeah, you take over a team that missed the playoffs and you win double-digit games, but usually you don't have a whole lot of talent. You don't have a Hall of Fame quarterback. So the reason LaFleur never won Coach of the Year was the excuse was, oh, he's got Aaron Rodgers. Even though Aaron Rodgers wasn't very good year one with LaFleur, which is why they drafted Jordan Love in the first place, right? So would you rather – take a shot with Jordan love to win MVP or LaFleur to win coach of the year. And you think maybe like this could be the year, let's say the Packers win 11, 12 games. Cause now the narrative is you're replacing a hall of fame quarterback with a project. Jordan love who's been sitting for three years. I feel like if the Packers win the division, this could be the year for Matt LaFleur. And oh, rather yes. than any Jordan love props. I would look at maybe him as coach of the year because he'd probably get his flowers finally.
0: They start calling him Spolster of the NFL. If he goes and, and wins the division, wins 10, 11 games his first year without Ro- without Rodgers, Rodgers had veteran wide receivers and everything else, could only win six. This dude comes in and wins 10? Oh, my God. People would lose their minds. That 50-to-1 thing on Rodgers, funny you said that. I saved something on Twitter earlier in the week. John Ewing, uh, who is yeah. uh, with BetMGM, uh, put out quarterbacks with 80 to one or longer odds to win the NFL MVP at BetMGM. So Rod or uh, Jordan Love has better odds than these yeah. guys. I'm going to say Jimmy G 80 to one Sam Howell 80 to one Tannehill in Tennessee. Bramble's a good coach now. Hundred to one Baker Mayfield. One hundred to one Desmond Ritter in the Falcons. One hundred and fifty to one Bailey Zappi. One hundred and fifty to one Zach Wilson. Two hundred to one Bryce Young. Two hundred to one. Uh, you feel
1: comfortable with Jordan Love being better than all of those guys that I said? Not Bryce Young.
0: You think Bryce Young puts up better numbers than Jordan Love this year?
1: I don't know if he puts up – oh, I, I just think that he's I think he's going to be a better quarterback than Jordan no, Love. No, but we're talking
0: about winning the MVP this year as far as Jordan Love well, being no, 50 I, to 1 I, versus those other ones.
1: I, I would take Jordan Love over any of those guys. I, oh, I, those. I honestly okay. – I mean, Jordan Love could put up big numbers this year, man. I mean, you got Christian Watson. It, it all comes down to, though, can Christian Watson stay healthy? for, you know, at least 12 games, you got Romeo Dobbs. I'm really excited for Reed. I was watching a lot of Michigan state stuff because Peyton Thorne, uh, is the quarterback at Auburn now. So I, for some reason, watched every Michigan state game from the last three years of him. And, uh, I'm really excited for Reed, man. So no, I, I, yeah, I think Jordan love could have a better season. We'll have a better season than all those guys. I would rather play him to win MVP than any of those guys. But now I've talked myself into it 20 to one. I'm putting out a hundred dollars on Matt LaFleur to be coach of the year because why would I bet the Packers plus 375 to win the NFC North? If they win the NFC North, I think LaFleur is going to be coach of the year. Yes.
0: Agreed. 1000%. Yeah. It's
1: a rebuild year is the way that the national media is looking at it. Right. And uh, like, let's just say the defense actually lives up to the hype we had for him last year. Like, let's say maybe Jair. I mean, it was, you know, one year removed from that injury. Um, Sean, Gary, when is Gary coming back? Though, oh no, That's the problem. Too many unknowns for this team.
0: Right. But what are Staley's odds for coach of the year? If that's what LaFleur's odds are, because you're so high on the charges. Is
1: Staley going to make you some decent money if you bet Staley for coach of the year? He was 12 to one. So plus 1200. But again, like, I don't know that he would be coach of the year either, because I think it would come to like, you would look at it like, well, he's got Justin Herbert. They got all this talent. My coach of the year pick would be, you know, I would look at like, um, it's actually a really good question because I don't even think Doug Peterson would win coach of the year if the Jags won 12 games. Like the only way that Andy Reid would win coach of the year would be if the Chiefs went undefeated because, you know, he's got Patrick Mahomes and he's got a really talented team. You got to look for guys like maybe Jonathan Gannon, um, you know, like Brian Dayball last year because nobody expected the Giants to win 10 games, you know, or even, you know, but who would be that guy this year? Arthur Smith? If Atlanta could win nine, 10 oh, games?
0: I would think so, yeah. He's,
1: he's, yeah, that 18-1. would be one. Like Robert Salah wouldn't win coach of the year because he's got Aaron Rodgers.
0: I mean, look at the, look, look at this list. Brian Dayball, 2022, 2021, Mike Vrabel of the Titans, they went 12 and five. Kevin Stefanski of the Browns. Uh, Eleven and five in 2020. John Harbaugh in 2019 with Lamar Jackson. Fourteen and two. Matt Nagy of the Bears in 2018. Sean McVay in 2017. Jason Garrett in 2016. If you look at all of those guys, the best quarterback is definitely Lamar Jackson. But there are no other great quarterbacks necessarily on that list.
1: That's what I'm saying. So, like, my picks this year would be. Sean Payton's 12-1 to 1 right now. I think if Sean Payton goes to Denver and they win 10 games, even though they have Russell Wilson, he's looked so bad the last two years, and that looked like such a disaster. You have a top-five defense. You're in the AFC, which makes it tough. But if they win double-digit games, I think Sean Payton, you know, especially being out of the league a couple of years, maybe he could be coach of the year. Kyle Shanahan wouldn't win it because they have all that talent. I think a, a sneaky pick, man, would be Shane Steichen. 35 yeah, well. to one plus 3,500, meaning a hundred wins you $3,500. Like let's say, uh, that division say, is only
0: Jacksonville.
1: That's what I mean. Let's say they win nine, 10 games. Yep. I mean, you know, Anthony Richardson starts week one. And even though he can't see the left side of the field, who's going to stop him on the ground. And if Jonathan Taylor mean. stays healthy, yep. like you have that rushing offense in a pretty decent defense with a decent offensive line, I mean, in a bad division, who knows? Like, if they win eight, nine games and sneak into the playoffs somehow or win that division, you know, what if Trevor Lawrence, we don't even want to say this, what if he gets hurt? Right.
0: That division's wide open, like we said. It's wide open. Texans are horrible. Titans are going the wrong way. Uh, And the Colts are rebuilding, but they're probably closer to the Jacksonville Jaguars than the other two are based on the talent that they have currently on the field. See, and that's another team that yeah. I don't understand why wouldn't they be in on DeAndre Hopkins uh, at this point that would make sense as well to give Richardson another weapon besides Pittman like i i
1: don't i don't get it whatever uh, oh last okay. one really quick um i would probably uh, bet matt eberflus plus 1400 14 to 1 because if the bears win 10 11 games same thing i would he, i think he would be coach of the year they've been so bad lately
0: yeah and that's all going to come down to Justin Fields right. uh, okay next topic last topic What is the ceiling and the floor for Jordan Love's career as a quarterback? So we're looking for a quarterback comparison. Uh, Why are we doing this? Because of a Twitter account. I'll be honest, I don't follow him. He doesn't follow me, but I saw somebody quote tweeted, so I went with it. Packers Bob on Twitter is his Twitter account, nice and easy, at Packers Bob. So thank you, Packers Bob. Well, let's do the floor first. He says Jordan Love's floor as a quarterback is Justin Fields that's his floor as a quarterback. They're what really is totally Jordan Love's floor in your mind if you could make a comparison Ryan Horvath? What is his floor? Who who is that guy that you're like, okay, worst case scenario, he's probably this dude?
1: Blake Bortles. He he's not the he's not the same type of quarterback as Justin Fields. He's not as athletic as Justin right. Fields. They don't do the same things. I'm not saying Justin Fields can't make throws, but Jordan Love has better arm strength. Um, you know he can make really nice throws downfield. He can make all the throws that are required. I actually worry that Justin Fields cannot. Um, you know his weaknesses. Jordan Love's poor field vision, which he said about Blake Bortles. You know he has to improve working through his progressions. You know he's got to be more consistent reading defenses. So, like for me, I'll just give you really quick my floor and my and, and the ceiling really quick because my floor would be somebody like Blake Bortles, who, you know, wasn't very good, wasn't great, but he was serviceable. And Blake Bortles wasn't – like, Blake Bortles was good He got to a conference championship game, didn't he? That's what I mean. With a good defense and in a decent system, with a decent run game, he was able to win games. I don't think Jordan Love will ever be terrible. Like, I don't think Jordan Love's Brett Hundley, right? Right. I don't think he's like Scott Tolzien. He could play. He was a first-round pick. Somebody was going to take Jordan Love. Um, He's got a cannon for an arm. So that's why I'll say like his floor is Blake Bortles. Because I think even if he's like 17 touchdowns, 19 picks, you could probably win games with him because he's going to be able to make some throws that you're like, holy crap. Then he's going to miss some throws or throw some bad picks. So my ceiling for him would be Brett Favre. Or you could say a poor man's Patrick Mahomes because same thing. Patrick Mahomes is just learning how to read NFL defenses he was a project. I mean, the Bears passed on him. Everybody, like everybody passed on Mahomes, man. He wasn't this for sure thing. He wasn't like Andrew Luck. So I'd say, like, the ceiling is somebody like Mahomes and Favre, where they didn't know how to read NFL defenses, but they didn't need to know. You know, it's kind of like how Brooks Kepka says he doesn't practice, he doesn't golf throughout the week. He just shows up and hits bombs. That's what Favre and Mahomes do. You know, they have that Superman throw, they could throw the ball 55, 60 yards down the field. You don't have to read an NFL defense like a guy like Aaron, although Rodgers is a bad cop because he can make the throws. So I think that's the ceiling. Favre and a poor man's Mahomes and the floor is like Blake Bortles. I don't think he's going to be terrible, though.
0: I got to say, Packers Bob uh, ceiling quarterback is Patrick Mahomes. That was his ceiling quarterback. And I thought you were going to lose your mind, but you actually went to Patrick Mahomes. Now, you didn't say legit. You said poor man's. But either way, the name came out of your mouth when talking about Jordan Love. I don't know, man. Like, for me... Um, I get the Bortles thing and you're really getting specific on arm strength and everything else. I, I think he could be a Jimmy G, uh, a serviceable NFL quarterback that plays in the league 10, 12 years. You know, he's going to win you nine, 10 games, but m- maybe he doesn't get over the hump and doesn't get you to a Super Bowl. But if he's on your team, you know, you got a chance to at least, you know, win more than you lose and have a chance. I think that's the floor. Uh, ceiling. This is where I struggle. I I really struggle with the ceiling because the, the issue that I have with the ceiling is I feel like I don't want to get too hyped up and overshoot this thing. But I feel better now that you brought up two Hall of Famers as the ceiling. So I, knowing my role in this podcast, will simply say I agree with Ryan Horvat and go that way uh, and yeah. say Brett Favre Patrick Mahomes because I think he described it perfectly as far as uh, not reading defenses. We know they both like to throw interceptions and will trust their arm more than they probably should in si- certain situations. They will make throws. You go, what in the world are you doing? And he was probably going to do that, and he's probably going to do it this year, and he's going to drive Matt LaFleur uh, you know, crazy is what's probably going to happen throughout the year because he's not Aaron Rodgers, and how LaFleur reacts to those mistakes and how he coaches him up uh, is going to be a big thing going forward, and that's going back to coach of the year they win 10-11 games and Jordan Love is just figuring it out, holy crap, what are they going to look like when he has it figured out? How good are they going to be then? Like, if I'm the Bears, Vikings, and Lions, if the Packers won the division this year with a bunch of first- and second-year receivers and first-year tight ends, I'd be scared to death about what this is going to look like going forward.
1: Yeah, and I guess, you know what, actually, to change my answer real quick from Favre, I would say actually the ceiling would have to be Aaron Rodgers because here's the thing, like Patrick Mahomes had one year – to learn behind Alex Smith. Alex Smith is not Aaron Rodgers even though he went before Aaron Rodgers in that Correct. draft, right? Brett Favre, he didn't I mean like, you know, he didn't get thrown into the fire, but he was in Atlanta and, like we didn't know Favre, nobody knew what Favre was, right? But Jordan Love, you'd have to say the ceiling I guess would be Aaron Rodgers because he spent the last 3 years learning from Aaron Rodgers. You know, and say what you want about Rodgers, but like I mean, the guy is one of the smartest players on the field. Agreed. At- Right, you know what I mean, like the stuff he does at the line of scrimmage, uh, catching guys offsides. Although the league hates when you do that now, they blow the whistle. But you know what I mean, like he picked up on the little things from Aaron. Whereas Aaron was watching Brett, like, "Yep, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that." You know, have a cannon. What do you learn from Brett? Have a cannon for an arm, man. And and you know, like, keep going. Hey, that DB is going to pick me off twice. I'm going to, you know, he's going to have to pick me off four times because I'm going to keep going back at him. So like. Jordan Love got to learn behind Aaron. So I would expect the higher ceiling even then. I mean, it's crazy to say a higher ceiling than Brett Favre, one of the all-time greats, you know? But, yeah. I mean, because we were like, you know, what's his weakness? He doesn't know how to read an NFL defense. We don't freaking know that because we haven't seen really Jordan Love. He Maybe he knows how to read an NFL defense. You know, Mahomes is figuring some things out, year four, year five, whatever the hell it even is. So even if Jordan Love hasn't been playing, he's been learning, and he's been there been with watching people. a lot of film. That's what I mean with with Aaron Rodgers. Right. Who you know he's a psychopath and probably and that's the other thing, you know, they had a good relationship. That helps. Rodgers will probably text him throughout the season to be honest. And I think that'll help him as well cuz Rodgers isn't far. He's not a jerk of a teammate.
0: They'll be interested like if love and LaFleur butt heads or something like that, how much Rogers will come into play? Like, will LaFleur yeah. be texting Eric, hey, man? Jordan blah, 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 blah. and Jordan's texting Eric, hey, man, man. I swear to God. Eric da, 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 da. trying to play referee between both of them. Or if he just sits back and ignores both of them and just laughs and says, hey, enjoy yourselves. Hey, God, yeah, He'll goodbye. be in
1: Madison Square Garden, yeah, with Jessica Alba and right hanging out. Cards. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no doubt. He is Ryan Horvat. Uh, coming up on the next Curdy Long Podcast on Friday. I want to get into a conversation about the TV show Hard Knocks and the future of the Hard Knocks TV show. Do you like it? Do you not like it? And what it means for the Green Bay Packers possibly uh, going forward as well with the NFL draft now looming in just a couple of years uh, too. So we're going to get into that. And I found some high school football numbers from a safety perspective that, uh, I don't know, kind of surprised me, I guess you could say. And uh, we have some time. We'll get into that in the next podcast as well. In the meantime, check out Ryan Horvath. And Trista Crick, because Nick Ashu is off this week. So you get Trista and Ryan all week long, just those two, on BetMGM Tonight, part of the BetQL Radio Network. While you're watching the games, you can listen to them uh, or check them out on their podcast. Follow Ryan on Twitter at Ryan Horvath. You can follow me at Sparky Radio. And, of course, download this on your Odyssey app wherever you download your favorite uh, podcast. And from time to time, we'll throw them up on the Odyssey YouTube sports channel as well. Ryan Horvath, thank you, my friend. You enjoy the rest of your way. You too. There he is, Ryan Horvath, and we'll do this again on Friday. Toodles!